Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League episode 109. We had a bit of a slow start today uh, because we we're rushing back to get back from the studio. You can't see Mark, but he's here right now. We're also joined by Steve from Team Liquid, who is right now regretting his decision to make tonight the night that he appears on the show. <laughs> Golden <laughs> Guardians, I'll be in a good mood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> of, course, of course, we've got... Uh, we've got Alienware sponsoring this show. We'll talk about them. I see some folks saying audio's off, so I'm going to work on fixing that as, as it goes then. So hopefully everyone can be patient with us as we troubleshoot that. Obviously, it was fine right until we started the stream. Uh, but we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff tonight. Obviously, uh, the state of Team Liquid is one of them, but other things as well as we get into uh, the show. So first off, Mark, how you been? Uh, good. It was a pretty crazy day. Uh, obviously the upset with Team Liquid, but then also the Immortals game had a pretty nutty ending. So interesting, interesting day. Uh, and uh, what have you been doing? Anything interesting this past week? No, no. Okay. Well, nope. uh, Steve, how about you? Uh, besides tonight, which I know we're going to get into, how has this the season been going? How's life been going, etc.? Uh, I guess I'll start with life. Life is pretty good. Um, business is great. Uh, fantastic, actually. So that's good. Uh, the start of the season for League of Legends, obviously pretty rough, which is unfortunate. Uh, there's been a series of unfortunate events, I guess. But, you know, no excuses. We're, we're bad right now. So we need to fix that. And... Oh, there's an. No, echo. it's on my end. Don't worry. Keep keep working. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, you sound fine to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tonight, feeling a little stressed, I guess, and frustrated. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, then why don't we yeah. why don't we hop through it um, right away? So, for those that do not know or are listening to the podcast or are watching on YouTube. We are about an hour out from uh, maybe maybe the dis most disappointing TL loss so far, the split. Uh, right now, I think you guys are sitting at a record of two and four, which is not last place because CLG lost their next game, thankfully for you, but uh, still still not in, in the best place. Uh, plagued by the Broxa stuff, but it, I think a lot of people, and I'm sure we'll have some calls on this, it doesn't really feel as though tonight was a like Shurnfire jungle issue. It just, just kind of feels like all the team are having issues bot lanes seem to look and par particularly pretty bad so maybe we can just start by saying well you know what's going through your mind right now steve what what's the follow-up after that game yeah um you know the first thing that we we need to figure out is we need to just diagnose what are the issues you know the way that i think about it is pretty programmatic you know you, you you focus on the process and the methodology that you use to figure out what is causing us to play poorly it's like um it's like being a doctor and having a patient and figuring out what the diagnosis is going to be and sometimes it's difficult and it could be different things and you could misdiagnose and then prescribe something that doesn't actually solve the problem so we have to we have to dig in and so you know, one-on-ones with every one of the players, one-on-ones with the coaches, group discussion, you know, and then when you go through that entire process, you try to uncover what are the things that are leading to us playing poorly. And then you just start to tackle each of those and you make progress. So uh, that's the process. And that's what we followed tonight. I was actually rushing over after all of our, our meetings after the games today. So definitely frustrating. Um, 
and we need to be playing better win or loss you know sometimes we'll have losses like the the game where jensen played rise where i actually i was okay with that loss to some degree i mean obviously i would have preferred for us to win but here we are playing a one three one comp something that we shied away from when we were going into worlds last year we figured that we weren't able to execute it as well it's a more difficult you know comp to to play just uh playing the balance and the counterbalance and uh and the lanes and and the level of communication that's required and um yeah we played it really well i mean i know the the fans can't hear the the comms but jensen was just perfect so you know there's some games like that where you lose and you're like hey we, we, we played okay. We made a few mistakes. A game like tonight, it's like lots of mistakes, um, uh, some of which are just unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know, Mark, if we've already pulled a Senna caller, but I've, I've, if not, I feel like we can just hop into, we can, because that's getting spammed in chat. We have some so. TL ones. What's that? Yeah, I mean, I mean there's, we have a couple TL ones. I don't know if we have a specific Senna thing well, yet. Then why, don't, but... why don't we just get ahead of it, right? Um, because I feel like that's the big thing everyone keeps talking about. Is it... Last week, obviously, we saw Double F do this interview where he said uh, he doesn't want to play Senna anymore, Dog Champ, etc. And then we see two back-to-back games where he's on Senna. Obviously, that was not the only issue tonight, but it is. It does feel like there's a disconnect in some sense between the players and uh, the coaches. I, I don't know if if this is something you can address, but I, I'm sure a lot of people are curious about it. Yeah, um, I mean, Senna has definitely been a topic of conversation, and. Um... You know, we need to figure out whether or not we can play with Senna. There's a lot of advantages to playing with Senna. Senna has a global ult, which means that you can use it to pressure other lanes. You're basically connecting one lane to another lane so that that lane has an inherent advantage. The same thing would be like Nocturne and Karthus. And, you know, playing Karthus mid lane and like never ulting in the first 15 minutes of the game, you'd be like, what the fuck? Why? aren't you ulting so that we can gain an advantage in bot? Well, we need to have high volatility in bot in order to utilize the Karthus ult. Same, same kind of concept with Senna, like using a global ult to, to help shield and create damage on the other lanes for there to be an increased likelihood that you win. And when you don't utilize these kind of connective champions, you're not optimizing the full potential of them. And then you just get resorted back to like the base of the AD carry without that kind of exploit. And you're left with a low attack speed, uh, you know, type of AD carry that doesn't have an built-in escape, and it's it's rough. And then you fall behind in lane. It was really unfortunate. Double, you know, good 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 hook from from Keith right uh, through the minion that was dying. Whatever he got hooked. You know, lane's kind of doomed. And but we need to be good enough to recover from stuff like that. So. Yeah, but in Senate in general, uh, varying opinions on it. Um, I think Golden Guardians did a good job of banning uh, the way that they did, forced us into a position. We could have first picked MF. Uh, that was another option. Who knows what would have happened in the game. But you know, this, the, the game just isn't about Senna, right? It's about how you play. And we need to be able to play the different play styles. If we corner ourselves into one play style and we can't, maximize playing a certain comp then you know we're we're uh shooting ourselves in the foot in terms of our like versatility when it comes to different play styles and playoffs and and ultimately later in the summer going into worlds uh mark do you have any questions before we hop into calls um 
I, I think it I think most of the stuff Steve said there was pretty good about Senna and what she can do and why teams are interested in her. Uh was Doublelift mostly memeing when he was make like making fun of her, or was it like he doesn't like playing her but he understands the value of being good on other styles? Uh or because I, I took it to be like Doublelift's just saying what he thinks about the champ, but that doesn't mean he's not gonna play it the same way. I think he, he complained about Sona a bunch last summer, but then played it a billion times until they were good at Sona TK. Yeah, I mean it's it's mm-hmm. to to Mark's point, it's kind of weird because you we like Jet did the segment. I don't know if you saw on Saturday or something like that, where he played the clip from the interview with Avli where where Peter said, I don't want to play Sen anymore, dog champ, blah, blah, blah. Then Jet did some analysis on that. And then immediately we get into the game and Senna gets locked in. And then similarly tonight, Avli does like a sideline report after talking to Dodo and Dodo's like, and I, I think she was memeing, or sorry, I think Dodo was memeing to her, but you know, obviously sideline report was, was like, like he loves it. Yeah, he loves Senna. It's completely fine. And like the TL Twitter account is like tweeting out jokes about him on Senna, but then obviously he's like losing a ton with it. So it's kind of hard to understand where the team stands on Senna, because uh, it yeah. feels like we're kind of all over the place. So I don't know if you can provide any context on that. Yeah, I mean, I think the team believes that Senna is a top tier AD carry. And we aren't able to maximize the potential in using her. And we continue trying to because some of our scrim results are creating some confidence <laughs> that <laughs> it's maybe better than how we're playing it on stage. But, you know, it, it's tough because when you have something that shouldn't happen in lane, like an unforced error, error it throws a wrench into figuring out whether our champions are good or bad, right? It's like you just double faulted like four times in a row. Like you just, you got hooked in lane and you 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 can't really understand. You didn't even get an opportunity to see Senna's potential because you made a mistake, an unforced error. So it's tough to to use it. And so you go back to these kind of rationalizations to say, oh, well, what if you know it's strong if in these situations and... So I think generally speaking, we understand that she's strong and she can be strong. It's just that we're not, we're, we're currently bad in, at using her. And if Senna continues to be part of the meta, guess what? We have to be able to play her if we're going to, you know, garner that kind of, um, uh, 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 I guess, ban attention on her. And, you know, we, we can't just give up. Um, it needs to be in our pool. Uh, we just need to be better at, at playing with her yeah. from a team perspective. All right. Well, uh, Mark, do you want to start grabbing callers? Yeah. Let me get the first one. And, and by the way, if you haven't, Mark Mark has started to pull people a little early now. So, I mean, I think in part because we've done 100 episodes of this. But if you guys want to, if you have a take you want to be on the show, discord.gg slash Travis. You can also do exclamation mark discord in the chat and it'll give you a link. Uh, go ahead and put your topic in the pleb topics or subtopics channel and then make sure you are in one of the call rooms so that uh, Mark can pull you into the waiting room. Once you're in the waiting room, obviously you're just going to be waiting until uh, we, we grab you on the show. Uh, our first caller tonight is Dopest. Dopest, you've been on the show uh, before and thank you for calling in again. Remind me where you're from? Uh, Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. That's right. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I just wanted to talk about how I think that 
people are probably overreacting about TL's current like form and that they'll be able to easily bounce back, I think, by the end of the split. And if not, like I think they'll be fine in summer. What what makes you, you. less concerned than some of the other bands out there? Um I think that looking at the strength of the roster that TL has and the veterancy on the team and also seeing that TL's shown a lot of different faces, especially international events. I think that just, I, I, I think personally it, it looks to me like maybe not taking the games right now as seriously because they don't have Broxa and they don't, uh, like Spring Spring doesn't matter as much like a lot of different factors, but I think like once they figure out uh, how to play differently with a more aggressive jungler, because they've played like for two years with Xmithy, who had a more um, conservative style and like helped the lanes like kind of float and farm and then scale to late game team fighting where they were really good and that was their style for a really long time, and I think that also shows maybe a little bit with some criticism that people were throwing at Doublelift where he wasn't playing, um, you know, Senna very well. But I think that could go back to him used to being like this strong hyperscaling carry on a lot of really strong champions like Zai and Kai'Sa, where Senna's strength, um, like I think I think it was Mark Z or it was Jat on the analyst desk was talking about how like Senna clears waves extremely slowly. Um, and him going to catch waves um, puts it behind on tempo and other things like that. I think like adapting maybe to a champion like center or this new type of style makes it hard for him to play the game he's used to playing for so long on top of the change in the jungle situation will always be hard for a team to kind of get used to because the jungle gotcha. is such an influential role so yeah. i so, think ultimately they can do it because i have faith in the players and the coaching staff that's shown they can beat you know mark invictus um I guess first I want to ask Steve internally, is there any alarm bells going off or is it more just like frustration, but not panic or outright concern? Um, if I had to describe the atmosphere after today's loss, which is I'm basing that off of like an hour and a half, right? I would yeah. say it's frustration, disappointment um, in themselves and not playing to their capability. I don't think panic would be the right word. Um, lots of conversation on like figuring out what the diagnosis is and how we should practice differently or approach the game differently. Um, and, you know, I think a generally definitely a level of concern uh, but also they know they're better than what they're displaying right now. Is, and, yeah. is any of it, like, do you look at say C9's immediate success and how good they're looking? Is that at all putting extra pressure on the team or are they not even considering their competition yet? Because I know for me, when I look at team liquid struggling, I'm like, Oh, I know they'll get better, but now there's this extra concern of, but will they get better enough? To, to beat what looks like an incredible Team Liquid. Or, I mean, excuse me, an incredible C9. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think we all know that we're capable of making it to the finals of spring and doing really well. It, we're more concerned about ourselves and our own play and how to improve uh, than we are about talking about any other team. 
we don't spend too much time talking about the other teams, especially early on in this, in the split right now, we just need to focus on like our improvement and pace. And that, that's just the topic of conversation. There's not really like cloud nine concern. Like I'm glad cloud nine is doing well. I'm glad that there's other teams that, um, will show some hopefully international promise and we need to be a stronger region for a number of reasons. So, um, you know, I think it's great, you know, props to cloud nine. I, 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 they put together a great roster and they're coming out strong. Um, we've come out strong too before and we faltered in like weeks, you know, nine and 10 and it's just, it sucks. Um, we've started slow and come back. Uh, I think we placed like fourth in the regular season in spring two years ago and then ended up winning. So, you know, this, there's a lot of comments about like, Oh, spring doesn't matter, but I don't buy into spring doesn't matter. I, I think that there's just, um, more volatility in spring. You, uh, have, have more of a runway to make some mistakes that you, that are like more damaging later on during the season. So, you know, um, I'm glad that it's happening now to some degree and hopefully not later. Uh, and that this kind of like wake up call for the team gets us reinvigorated so that we play better. I mean, awkward question to ask, but you mentioned like, there's a lot of people saying spring doesn't matter anymore, but are any of them on your team? Well, Double lift is one of those people, right? And so it's just, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's That's an interesting that. disconnect, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. But double lift doesn't speak for the whole team, right? It's just double. He has his opinions and it's hard to know what he's you know trolling with and how he really feels. You know, I think Peter has said a lot of the time, you know, spring doesn't matter. And, you know, my argument to that is like, it matters for Shern matters to some of the other guys may not matter to you, but this is a team. This isn't the double of show, right? Like this is, this is team liquid. And, um, you know, it sucks that, that, that before Broxa comes in, hopefully next week that we didn't get a, a win for, you know, with Shern. I think he played pretty good. You know, he had some great games and his comms were excellent. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, spring does matter. Every game matters. Improvement matters. Um, so it's just a, wide sweeping generalization that I, I don't think is true personally. I don't think it's something that's shared by the majority of the team either. Back, back to our caller's point though. Right, Mark, why don't I throw this over to you and then, and then we'll kind of have Steve. What, what do you want me to? Well, it's just, uh, do you, part? do you think with, with the place that TL is in, are you, do you think it's going to be as easy for them to climb back out and stabilize as, as dopest believes? Oh, I'm I'm definitely not quite as optimistic. We do have a caller on the other side of the coin, so I don't want to take all of their points if we have some of the same ones. Right. But I saw over the course of these six games enough other problems. Like I I don't think Shern is Brox. I think Brox is a super good player, and I'm sure he will um, one individually be able to make some plays to help jumpstart the team. As well as I'm I don't know what the environment is exactly like, but I'm sure it's there's a very human element like this isn't our roster yet uh and that probably does make it a little bit harder to seriously improve as a team where if shern does something you don't like you might not address it the same way as if it's like no this is my jungler who's going to be my jungler for the next year or, or two i think you know not doing something i like so i can understand some of that stuff but like in this game yeah double if died in lane being dumb whatever not dumb even it was a good play by the other bot lane but then their builds, like the build thing was just, I don't know why they have double Morello Nomicon, especially on a Kennen top, and then Mortal Reminder third. 
when you could just go more lethality at that point. Um, you know, like some of those things, I'm like, what the hell? And then uh, Jensen's rumble didn't look particularly clean. Like these are all things that are very separate from from the jungle position. And like, I think a lot of them will get improved in time, but it doesn't, I mean, like it's not, it's, I think for Dopus, it is much more than like Broxus shows up and things instantly become a lot better, especially TSM's on a four game win streak and, and C9 looks really good. Yeah, I think I think uh, my my hope is that I have faith in um, the coaching staff of Team Liquid and the veteranity of the players too. Like I think like all the players are still obviously good, and that when they are put into a good direction with the jungler that they'll have for a longer period of time, that they'll be able to bounce back eventually. I think right. that people are thinking that like they're trash and they're. I mean, like. Let's say even that Team Liquid doesn't finish um, first this split. I think that's fine because Spring doesn't matter a massive amount. Hopefully the the team having time off not going to MSI if in this theoretical world will hopefully give them better time to prepare for summer and going into Worlds. And uh, it could it maybe it's really a good thing for them to have kind of like tribulations now so they can like work on core problems that might have existed for a long time and really like structure the way that they want to so that they're in even better form when they go to international competition right i mean like to steve's point about what even happened we i think we were talking about this maybe off air maybe didn't make it into the episode we were talking about like what even happened you know three years ago in spring regular season week three can anyone tell me you know like <laughs> no one cares yeah no one no one fucking cares that double got hit by a hook uh you know if things fix but well, i do people think do remember who goes to msi Right, exactly. So while the specifics of this week in the past couple of weeks may not matter, I do think um, the idea that competition does feel a lot better this split um, and Team Liquid do look more out of sync than I think people were expecting. So I, 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 can, I think it's, there's a little bit more gravity to this situation than I, I was initially willing to just hand wave and be like, Shern's not here. C9's great, whatever. But now after three weeks of, of, you know, two and four is is much is not what I was expecting. I mean, two yeah. things here. One, before we move on to the next caller, but uh, Jack in the chat says, Steve, don't despair. C9 was 10th place summer 2018, week five, but was still able to make it to finals and then got stomped 3-0 by TL. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think he's saying don't don't despair, but also opening the door for you guys to make it to finals and then get stomped by C9. That's how, that's how I'm reading that. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the, th the thing is, is that criticism is good from the community. It's good from teammates. It's good from the coaching staff. And we can't let that criticism get to us. It has to just be listened to. And then we have to figure out what may be actionable from it and then improve. Right. And to the caller's um, point, we've got a really awesome like staff of people between sports psychologists and Jared, who I think is best in class and uh dodo and kane and all of our analysts and me being involved like if there's if we're going to give this attentiveness and fix whatever problems like we're gonna we're gonna go after it and we're gonna fix it we're not gonna like uh oh, the world is over and blah, blah, blah. like that's not the you guys aren't giving up all. after three weeks yeah it's not happening I think so, <laughs> so the other thing i wanted to um to just bring up was do you think and again, Mark, if we have a call, but if it's interesting because up until tonight, the community and all the feedback, the analysts, et cetera, they were all able to say like, okay, they lost, but Broxa, 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 Broxa. 
I I think tonight's the first night where like everybody's like, oh shit, this might be worse than that. Do you do you think that internally there's been like a I don't want to say slacking off, but like a mentality issue because it's like, well, this isn't our main roster yet. We don't have to approach this as seriously or something. No, I I, I don't think there's a mentality issue. I think. Um... I think we are making too many mistakes. I think we're uh, not playing champions that we're picking to the highest like ability or something that's even playable. Um, and I think I think the mentality is still very much work hard. The guys are putting in a ton of time into solo queue. Um, you know, they're scrimming constantly. They're they're putting in the effort. Uh, I mean, core JJ, I think hit rank one on the solo queue ladder and like a level of effort and analysis. And it, it, it's all there. Uh, it's just, it's, it's not producing the results for a number of reasons. And we got to figure out, figure out what those are. Um, complacency is a real thing, I guess, you know, like, Oh, spring doesn't matter and whatever. But I, I, I don't see that. And I'm around the team. I'm, I'm there during scrims and, at LCS, I, I don't see it. I don't hear it. So, I think from an outside perspective, like it seems that uh, in the case of um, like Impact and, and Jensen, that during regular season games, from from my perspective, and it feels like a lot of community people, they think that like it seems to be significantly lower in like games that don't matter as much. But whenever they get to like playoffs or like worlds in a lot of situations they turn it on and they're like insane so it's like interest uh i don't really sure like why that perception is there but that just seems to be something that i see that maybe maybe that's why people say like they're slacking because it seems to be consistently like when it really matters they're insane and then when it doesn't matter as much they don't seem to be as crazy players hey uh dopus thanks so much for the call anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller um no shout out to um my boy alturis and uh bon bon uh shout out to tsm to a week and a reminder to everyone to please don't send hate to players um for video games that they're playing for your entertainment thanks so much for the call have a good one peace out have a good night steve yep thanks All right, uh moving on to the next caller uh mark ran off to grab them uh, some quick shout outs to some of the subs I can get to the page before Mark. Oh, Mark got back quickly. Okay, we're joined right now by Not This Time. Not This Time, where are you calling from? Hey, I'm from New Hampshire. New Hampshire. There's a primary yeah, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, yeah, so I called in. Uh, how I don't know if DL will be able to actually split. Um, I, I just want to preference this first because I know the, the community is giving a lot. Uh, hey, but I, I think TL, like, if I'm a betting man, there's no way in hell I'm putting them less than top three. Uh, probably top two, maybe even, depending on how TSM shapes out. Um, I've been watching Broxy for a long time. I think he, he's just absolutely disgusting. Uh, great pick up there, Steve. Um, as a long-term NA fan, I mean, I'm always looking towards uh, Worlds, though, because, I mean, obviously the dream is to have, like, an NA skin uh, actually, like, come back to the... But, you know, I think we're uh, quite a ways uh, away from that. But I think that's always what, we're, what I'm trying to look at, you know, especially because Team Liquid uh, looks like the best hope. Uh, my, my biggest issue is, um, so over the past couple weeks, right, we had the Ovali interview, right, where Doublelift says he doesn't want to play center, right? And then we have Travis come out with the interview, and then he even talks about how, like, he felt like he has no pressure, right? 
Uh, so you guys are 0-4, and I and I know we're kind of like Senna's not the issue, and you've already kind of covered that tonight. But my like issue is like Senna. It, you mean? Yeah, 0-4 on Senna. Right, exactly. Um, but my issue is not like just with the Senna. It's like is like I get the memes in that like you have to play it, but like Riot's end goal I think is to make that champion a support anyways. And I'm wondering like it like I wonder if it's a bigger issue with like NA not being willing to like go out of like what the meta looks like from the other regions because like even in lck right now right like i think double lift is probably one of the best ashes like if not the best just flat out in na um and i feel like i, I don't know why we're like he's he's back on this champ again like it, it's just i wonder if there's like a communication issue honestly like i don't know if you feel that way or if like the players have as much input in the draft but um yeah so the, your question is is it? It's not just why are they playing Senna. It's like why won't? It's not. It's not like why like, are they playing Senna so much as why won't they play some of these other options that we're seeing in other regions? And and Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Senna is right now only seeing so much priority in the West, right? I thought I saw some stats somewhere where LCK and LPL like a much lower pick in ban rate. Uh, I mean it's lower in LPL, but I think it's still the third highest presence marksman. Um, so that it's only LCK that really doesn't play it. Gotcha. LPL, it's just like they like MF more, and NA likes Senna, and EU likes some, uh, but everyone likes like they, Right. So they were covering the statistics tonight, and they were talking about, uh, they were talking about double lifts, um, like his play bottom and how he, you know, on that champion, it's like ninth, eighth, like bottom of the league, and it, like double lift is by far the best ADC, and I just think. I understand, like, like you know, everybody's saying spring split doesn't matter. So I understand, like, uh, going with the trying to, like, develop and learn on this champion. But I just feel like, you know, obviously going to MSI is definitely the goal for Team Liquid because, again, we want to see them compete internationally and be that number one team there. And I think, like, getting them off to a better start, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, yeah, it's disappointing to see the loss today for sure. Because, um, you know, you're hoping to see definitely a better start for Team Liquid when they, um, you know, so, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of my, I think a lot of my question was already covered. You know, we did talk a lot about uh, where, you know, the issues fell through there. But I think, like, going forward, I hope, I hope to see Team Liquid in the draft kind of shape up. I don't, I don't know. It, it looked pretty bad tonight, like Mark was saying, with the, the double Morello McCon, uh and the, the rumble mid kind of did look so, uh, so I don't know. So it it doesn't even it sounds more like you're just concerned about the the pick ban stuff. Uh, I mean it, it's the pick ban, but you know, I mean yeah, kind of the pick ban and how forceful I felt like the interviews were, where like it felt clear like Double Lift did not want to be on this champion, and he felt like he should be playing something else. And you see the smirk kind of in the in the uh, video today when on LCS right where they pick the champion and it's like okay in the draft today they literally were baiting double lift to pick that champion and then he picks it and it's like oh my god what why are they picking this like they ban out they ban out uh and then they second pick mf like i know we already talked about how yeah you could have first picked mf but i just think it was crazy that we went back to senna again and then it was and then you know it, it's just I, I hope like i said you know i hope going forward like you just don't want to see setup okay so let's 
Let's start, let's start. Yeah, I mean, geez, that was a fucking five-minute call to say I don't like Senna. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I we could appreciate, it. but I think the other thing he I mean, pointed out is no, no. I think I, I think your frustration is something that is shared by a lot of TL fans. If I were to go to the TL Reddit, I haven't been there yet, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk about why the hell are you playing this champion? And there's a piece of it where when you have a lot of confidence in yourself and you have something that you want to master and you want to pick it again and see if you can do it. And that's, it, it's like, it's challenging, right? You're like going to the Olympics and you're going to do some crazy trick to get a high score. Right. And you're like, I'm just going to do this. I know we can do it. We're capable of it. We're really skilled. Let's pull it off guys. Like we're going to connect the lanes. We're going to whatever. And you go for it. And it's like, you, 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 flop the landing over and over and over. And that's the frustration. And so I get that. I feel you. Trust me. I'm just as frustrated. Like, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I feel that too. It's just the way that yeah, we have to think about it right now is that there's a focus on champions and its impact on the game. But what matters so much more is how we are playing the game. You know, it's like dragon world yeah. setup, rotations, macro play, wave management, like team play, communication, engage, counter engage, like all of these things, sieging, optim like those are the things that don't change as much from patch to patch to meta to meta. When we get to MSI, I guarantee you the champion pool is going to be different in priority order. So what are the things that you need to focus on? You need to focus on team play. And right now we, even some of those things are not looking great. So we need to just, we, we need to focus on those, not uh, so much like Senna and this. I know it's hot. Yeah. Time. Mark, uh, yeah. I wanted to, to just hop in and ask you, I, again, if we have another caller later on, but we, I don't know if I trust the callers anymore. <laughs> Be nice to oh. our, our poor callers. Oh, come on. Um, but we were leaving the LCS today, and you mentioned you don't even think that it's like that game. There were a lot of other issues that were not just double lift issues. And the like Reddit, to, to Steve's point, I unlike Steve, I have been to the Team Liquid Reddit. They are not happy. Uh, and Santa <laughs> <and Senna> features... <laughs> set of features predominantly if you did a word cloud senna would be the giant word in the middle of it um, yeah Steve okay right now so is i guess it... up the team liquid but i mark you if you want to talk a little bit you you said that you think almost it's like a red herring the double if senna stuff it just just can i step in just for a minute because i know i, I just want to step in for 15 seconds all right fine my, my my main question is and i know there's a lot of trust in the coaching staff and already talked about this and, and and i they've been doing well for so long so i'm sure it's there i just hope that there's not a disconnect between like what the players think is going to win them games and like what the coach because I, I think that there's a disconnect in a lot of teams your 15 like, seconds across. Are so we're, all right, i want right, to get to your i'll get i promise i'll get to your, your... let's let's see if answer that first <laughs> yeah, then yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll... yeah i mean i think hey yeah, it's it's actually a great question because in previous versions of the team and also coaching staff, because I've been doing this for a while, I've seen situations where during the band, during preparation, going into the band pick, the players really dictate the draft, right? They say what they want to do and the coach kind of guides and is more advisory role. And the way that our team function functions is that we do the band pick the team the players have input on that and ultimately the coaching staff dictates what is going to be picked and banned right and what is going to be played and there's a trust in that because most of the time they're right and that's that's the process that we follow and 
I believe in that. And sometimes it doesn't work out and hopefully it works out more than it doesn't. And, you know, cause I'd rather put that on the coaching staff than put it on a, on a particular player. Right. But they can have input and a player's comfort in playing a certain champion to a certain level is an important aspect of that. But you go back to last season, I'm sure Peter hated locking in Sona. I guarantee you every single time it happened, he was like, really? <laughs> but we had success on it. So you're picking Sona. Like if they leave it up, we're picking it. We're getting the free but win. To your, but as a counterpoint to that, Steve, there was a time when you had double of playing a champion called Vladimir. Um, and if you recall, those games that was, did not go that well. That was short. And you he had like what, two short. games on it? And you did stop picking that champion after there was a demonstrated uh, quality bar issue. <laughs> just, there was a quality bar there are, issue. There are pal- parallels potentially to that as well as the Sona thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll, just, we'll, we'll agree. Great. That is a good counterpoint. Okay. Mark, um, good counterpoint. Mark. So, Touché. Touché. Mark. so one of the things the caller included in their initial take was even when Broxy gets here, he thought TL won't be able to contest for first split. And I think that was the interesting part of the take for me because um, that's something I sort of feel uh, should Team Liquid not be able to get what I, I've said on the dive and a couple other things is. This Cloud9 looks really, really good. If Team Liquid is not actually better than their summer split form, I think that they would lose to a C9 playing this well. And so that's kind of what I would like to ask. I know I asked about, are you guys comparing yourselves to C9 at all? And you mostly said, no, not really. We're focused on ourselves. But stepping away from what the team is doing to your more personal opinion, like I feel like this C9 is really, really, really good. Do you think and this is a bit of a hypothetical, do you think your summer split form could beat this C9? Or do you think, like, Broxton not only needs to be an upgrade, but the team uh, it would need to be better, like, as a version of Spring TL than the Summer TL? Yeah, I mean, to, to answer your question, um, we're not going to be as good. We're going to be better. <laughs> and I believe in that 100%. And people can think and disagree or whatever. But I, I, I know that we're going to give it everything. And we have the capability of doing so. We have four All-Stars. We... Um, uh, Brox is going to be coming in. Our team is just stacked AF and we're going to improve. So are we going to be better than how Cloud9 has come out the gates? Absolutely. I mean, they, you know, they're, they're playing against some teams with visa issues and, you know, yeah. that didn't get practice during the offseason and they didn't have any issues. And so they're, they're coming in prepared. Great. You're prepared. And when you're prepared, awesome. Then you're going to have a great start. But it's not about how you start. It's how you finish. And we're going to finish above them. Period. The end of story. So absolutely high level of confidence. Jack, don't get comfortable. <laughs> this was Jack was in the chat earlier trying to help you feel good. Oh, was he? Yeah, remember, I read you his statement. He said, "Don't worry, oh, yeah. this happens sometimes." Oh, that's uh, nice. do you think TSM will, will jump into this conversation at all, or do you think it's a two horse race? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think TSM's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think they're they're okay. I think they could they, they could they could do all right. Um, <laughs> Maybe I don't think they're going to make the finals right now based on what I'm seeing, but it's still early. I'm I'm not sure. You know, Um, every team is making mistakes. We're making mistakes. They're making mistakes. But I think they have the skill there to do well. 
I think so it's still definitely a three horse race at this point, but yeah. Um, all right. So, all right, so not this time. Is there anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? No, thank you guys for having me. Shout out Alienware. Thanks. Letting you guys do this. I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. And yeah, no worries. Have a good one. Here we go. Thanks Bye. for the call. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's do a quick break. Let let Steve drink some Monster and get a breather. Um, uh, <laughs> well, I want to talk to everybody about, speaking of Alienware, Alienware. Great sponsor, by the way. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. I wanted to mention them once or twice. They're actually giving away right now. If you go to alienware.com slash Travis, I'll put it in the chat. They are giving away a computer and a monitor. And it's actually, I believe, the same setup that they, you can play with on the stage or that they play with on the stage at the LCS. Alienware 25 gaming monitor and the new Aurora R9. And if you go to alienware.com slash Travis, you will see right up at the top the ability to enter it, to win it. Got an i9 in it. Uh, 2070 super uh, you get a 240 hertz display and if you go enter to win that that helps me out because guess what i'm gonna be real with you guys riot is also promoting this giveaway and imagine if i drive more people to enter this giveaway than riot so there's there's like a meta game here right it's like you guys can win this but i can also beat riot and that's really what i'm interested in so anyway go to alien.com slash travis Please enter to win this thing and uh, make me look great to my sponsor. That would be super fantastic. They do a bunch of cool stuff for me. So this is me trying to do a bunch of cool stuff for them. It's just drive as many people of you to, uh, to go enter this. And one of you will win this. So it's a, it's a win-win for everybody, except for the people who don't win it. They don't win anything. But I win. Alienware.com slash Travis. That's the Alienware ad for the night. Uh, Mark, you want to grab the next caller? Yes, sir. We, and by the way, do is, is this a, you know that picture or that scene from Airplane where it's just a bunch of people lining up to hit the person in the chair? N no, that, no, no. That was, that, there's like, I have one yeah, more, yeah. I have one more Steve-centric question about, I mean, we've kind of already talked about it, so I'm sure it'll be an easier one. Uh, and then the rest is actually more about like the other, the other teams in the league. So Steve can go off on some teams that he thinks look terrible or good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, off goes Mark grab some folks a bunch of cool shout outs to a bunch of people who subbed and people have been very generous tonight will d1 thrill the dickweed uh, dr stretch bean boy tastic man aristia nine axiom em nom no name exogen chan faded veil x adam xk uh, gifted a bunch of subs to people which is super nice joss wig akira nb T team corgi mid nightmare legend 07 toby she 91 pilgrim panda Oni day who sent five dollars which was really of them. Okay, I believe we have our next caller. We do. We do. Con is here. Con, welcome back to the show. You're from Idaho, I believe. Yeah, I'm from Boise, so second, me and Dopus. Second Boise, Idaho caller of the evening. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? So, I thought this was an awesome opportunity having an owner here to talk about something I was interested in this offseason, which is the change of playoff formats the change of split formats in some way and how they affect. And I, my question with Steve is how much input do owners have a say in that? Because I'm always wondering how much of this stuff is driven by Riot, you know, and their core team and stuff, or how much of this is driven by owners and stuff like that. Uh, I know, you know, the LCS is run, is run both by ownership and Riot, but it seems very much more Riot pushed in some areas. 
which I actually don't like. So I was kind of curious on how that process went through. What were the thoughts behind it? I'm somebody who actually dislikes it. I think double elimination is just a bad idea. It makes games less important in certain areas. Um, there's a reason why pro sports don't really have it, but I'd love to hear what you have to see here, Steve. Uh, Con, I feel like you always find the take that will anger the most amount of people in Twitch chat because double elimination. You don't like double. <laughs> Right now, I see Nightbot timing out a ton of people who are spamming a bunch of symbols. So. I mean, if it was successful, the Super Bowl wouldn't have been a double elimination tournament. It's just not a good method. Mm, I, okay, whatever. Anyway, so Steve, yeah. how building to when you make format changes like this, how is the stuff structured, and how much say do teams have, and and kind of what are your take? Yeah, so it's actually a pretty collaborative process. So. Riot has meetings with all of the team owners. They're called the owners meetings. There's a big presentation that is prepared with different aspects of the health of the league, everything from sponsorships to um, uh, league format and uh, graphics and branding and uh, talking about specific things with other teams. And they ask for feedback and we give it. Uh, so that's listened to. And then we have separate committees that are set up that teams sign up for. We don't participate in the committee that talks about that specifically, but that is kind of like a smaller group of people that talk about a specific issue, come and then propose back to the larger group what they think is best. So there's a, there's a pretty collaborative process to come to some sort of conclusion. I think it's good to test things out and, and figure out what may make uh more enjoyable content or just better entertainment in general um some of those are going to work some of them will not uh, i think the changes that happened this time i'm supportive of the changes uh you know whether they're good or bad we'll see but i'm, I'm glad that we're thinking about it and we're pushing ourselves and we're not just like complacent with how things are uh we're trying to create a better broadcast for for fans uh, oh, go ahead, Mark. I was going to say, mentioning the broadcast, um, I wouldn't mind hearing your thoughts then also on Monday Night League. It's slightly different, but still related on format changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a good idea in theory, right? Like you've got something that works really successfully in other professional sports, and you're trying to take that and bring it into esports. And um so I think it, it kind of makes sense to spice it up and create a name of the broadcast and Monday Night League and an event that you can go to that's not just on the weekend and um, why not give it a try? So I, I, I don't mind it. Uh, I know that there's been some issues with scheduling and logistics and you know, all, all these other things, but I think those are all ancillary. What matters most is that generally are people enjoying the new format more or less and is it is it increasing the quality of the overall league as a property yes or no and we're just gonna have to listen and to the community to hear that feedback to know travis time for a twitch poll what, a twitch poll yeah. i mean the problem is we're super biasing because these are all people that are late up late on a monday and we're about to ask them if they like monday night league well but... that's that's just something to keep in mind because if the sample comes back 50 50 you need to realize yeah. oh, this is the late night crowd and only 50 percent of the people still like it so okay. i think it'd be interesting yeah i wonder okay i'm gonna run I'm gonna... it right now uh 
I will turn off subscriber votes count two times and that people can vote with uh, bits, but if mobile doesn't work, I think, but if you're on desktop right now, you can vote uh, and it should be running on, on the Twitch thing. Right it's now. like, what would you be doing on Monday night anyway, right? Versus watching this, or did you prefer to have it over the weekend? Europeans yeah. hate it because it's they, they if they want to watch LCS, they can't uh, essentially. Cause yeah, see, like, so. I wonder how many viewers because we're it's definitely lower broadcast uh, in terms of viewership numbers right now. I wonder how much that is Europeans people don't like it or people don't know yet. You know, like where where in that do most people fall? So right yeah. now it's sixty three thirty seven. Um, so it's almost about sixty forty in terms of yes or no. Do you like Monday Night League? Which is which is interesting because again, we are these the folks that are watching this right now are more prone to like it because they are awake and able to watch stuff late on a Monday. So I bet you it's about fifty fifty. I actually think that Monday Night League will be a huge. It's going to be very complicated for for Riot because it doesn't seem like it seems like it's succeeding enough where maybe it's interesting, um, but it, and it's also popular enough where like. A lot of people like it, but a lot of people don't. So I think it's going to be hard for them to make a decision around it. But I assume... So, Steve, back to kind of Consquet question. Let's say... How, how does this work? Do you... do you, At the next owner's meeting, I assume they will present stats to you guys on how Monday Night League went. And mm -hmm. do they pose it as a question to the group? Like, do you guys think we should keep doing this? Or do they say, we're going to keep doing this unless you guys get angry at us? I mean, how how does that work? No, uh, there'll be a presentation of the, the stats and the viewership and engagement and um, what is it called? The, uh, the, the average uh, watch time per viewer, you know, how long they watch and all of that will be presented and then we'll talk about it and we'll be able to influence the decision. Ultimately, Riot will be able to control and dictate what they want to do, but um, there's not many things that we don't feel not listened to, right? Like we, th it, there'll be a conversation about it for sure. Um, but from my perspective, the best thing that we can do in order to increase the viewership of the LCS in general is just do better internationally. Yeah. You know, like people just want to watch the region. That's one of the best in the world. And if we make a really strong run at worlds, then we can ride that into the following season, you know, and it will increase viewership when your region sucks then people don't watch it as much. Yeah. So. Uh, you guys have some sort of rev sharing model, right? Over for the orgs. Uh, you mean for the the LRP the league, distribution? The, yeah, league with the orgs. League with the orgs. Yes, uh, money goes from the league to the orgs, depending on how much money the league makes. Yes. Right. So, There's some rev sharing. Yes. Yeah, so I was gonna say. Hundred percent. Yeah. I wonder so if not, teams not are like that percentage, but yes. I was just like wondering if teams are watching worlds like, God damn it, Steve. <laughs> I mean, no one's going to watch us because we can't get out of groups. What are you doing? Well, there's a lot of spicy drama and, you know, maybe we're adding to that. And there's always an NA loyal base and, you know, um, but that's just a reality. Like, yeah, you want to you yeah, I mean, watch the best in the world. Like, why do people tune into most other sports? You know, they tune in for the world championships and they want to watch the best. They want to copy whatever the meta, the strat is. They want to see the, the insane plays, the holy shit. I can't believe he predicted that, you know, the, the master strategy being, being shown and on display. Like that's, that's what gets everybody excited, you know? And then sometimes you just get a good matchup where it's an awesome game. Yeah. 
So, like, a couple of things. One, I think one of the conversations that you guys can drive in your next owners' meetings with with Fred, um, Monday Night League. That I think the reason why it's not as popular as it may be with like that poll is it doesn't feel too too special. Like, there's something a little bit there, but it's not like a Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football or you know Wednesday Night Hockey rivalry. Like, there's not that type of flair to it. Would you guys be open to flexing games? Because it, like, I look at tonight and I look at last week. You had some games that were just like low teams aren't doing well. You know, not many people wanting to watch it. Like, if you put like a C nine Fly Quest in this week instead of maybe CLG Immortals, would that have helped viewership out in that way? I mean, I think I think if you start playing around with it too much, you may get into the area of competitive integrity and parity across teams for the league. So, you know, you 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 have to always uphold competitive integrity, like creating fairness. And if you err to side on, you know, what may do better, it, that may hurt one team or another. Then it's just not fair. So. Yeah, you're so successful that all your games keep getting changed onto Monday night, messing with your like planning. Yeah, you got you got to treat everybody fairly. I think uh, there's there's flex scheduling in days in terms of what time slot you play, and like I know sometimes if a team is suddenly doing much better than they thought or much worse, they might move around their game on that day. But I don't know if they're if they're planning to do flex scheduling, moving things from day to day. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think they are right now, uh, because yeah. uh, because when I talked to Greeley, he was saying, "Oh, these player teams play four times on uh, Monday, and the rest play like three or something." It seemed like it was pretty locked in, and that they weren't going to be changing it too much. So I don't, I don't anticipate that yet. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that there are teams that garner bigger or more viewership than other teams, right? And the goal of the league should be to try to spread that out so that there are other teams that are increasing in popularity and, and are watched. That's the whole purpose of like a franchise system. So that should be the goal. And it's really up to those other orgs to, to create competitive rosters so that people want to watch them play. Let me ask you a question. Let's say owners meeting comes around after spring split. And they say, hey, our viewership on Mondays is definitely not as good. People aren't watching as much. Uh, it's not as good. However, the majority of those people that are not watching, and the reason our views are down, is because Europe is not watching. And our sponsors are only really interested in North America because they're buying into the LCS, the North American LCS. And we might have a uh, sponsor lined up, a title sponsor for Monday Night League. You know, at that point in time, do all the I, my assumption would be all the owners say, "Wait, we can we can make more money on Monday nights, even if less people are watching." Fucking, let's do that. Um, you know, I I don't know. I'm curious. What do you think you and the other owners sort of react? Because at that point in time, it's like, is it worth the if the raw numbers go down but the revenue goes up? Do you are you guys happy with that trade off? I I. I, you know, I can't speak for all the other owners that are in the league and their opinions or riots, but I can speak to mine, which is I don't think any kind of short-term financial gain supersedes creating a stellar piece of content for all fans. So I believe that would be short-sighted. The real win is marrying up both, which is creating, engaging, awesome content, the times that you want it, and then 
having sponsors add to that broadcast in some way by providing capital or resources to create a more compelling broadcast. So it's like, oh my God, XYZ partner came in and now the broadcast has this cool thing we've always wanted. So it's, it's, that's the, the recipe for success. Uh, um, and, you know, we just did the straw poll. I don't know the results, but if it's like 70% of people enjoy Monday Night League, well, that's a stat you have to listen to. It's like 60-40, right? I think. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, we, you just got to listen to the data and listen to the community. They should guide your decisions on what kind of broadcast you, you, you should be creating. If anything, I think we maybe need to listen more you know, and, and pull in some of that community feedback and siphon through it and figure out what we should incorporate into the broadcast in the next split and be nimble and be okay on taking some risk and not be complacent on doing the same thing year to year. Um, and then things that are working, emphasize and do more of, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and that's just optimizing the broadcast. And we've done it through shoulder content. And, you know, I think the LEC has tried a really innovative approach this, this, this season, um, or so far this, this split, uh, you know, there's some things about it. I hate, you know, I, I feel like they're going too hard on, on certain teams and players. It feels like icky, I guess, uh, or unprofessional at times, but what's your alt account in that Reddit working. thread? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an alt, but you know, like there's, you, you got to figure out what's going to work. Right. Out of curiosity, um, just because we're talking viewerships and stuff and Travis's last question, when you guys had that owner's meeting a couple weeks ago and you and Jack showed up that stat about viewers, was it, how did you guys separate just NA viewers from NA and EU viewers, or like the world viewers? Because was, was that just NA or was that like the whole world when you had those viewerships? They have, I not I not to cut answer for Steve, but I think your question is like those stats, where do they get them and how do they work? That's that's a partnership that Riot has with Nielsen. So Nielsen handles all the demographic stuff on that. And I think that they're even noted in that slide. So. Yeah, totally. It's all Nielsen and they report, I believe, from Twitch and YouTube for that data. And those streaming platforms provide the data to to uh to riot and nielsen and they run the reports yeah the other thing by the way uh just the my final thing which we don't need to have a discussion around other than if mark wants to chime in i i the monday night league audience is really fucking empty and i actually think it feels bad you mean in person in person so you don't hear any cheering like it's it's interesting because i people don't know this unless you've watched like a, the vlog of me at lcs i watch up in the press room so you don't necessarily know unless you go to the window and look out at the audience that it's empty. But the the week before this one, I was like, I'm not hearing any cheering or reactions or anything on the broadcast. And I went and looked and I'm like, man, this thing is really empty. And tonight it was also really empty. They, for transparency, as everybody knows, they aren't selling tickets. But I think the idea was that they were going to figure out ways to try to fill that audience with like riot people and teams were going to give away tickets and whatever it is is not working. And I actually feel like that I like Monday Night League a lot, but the lack of audience and cheering and excitement around certain things, I think is it's making the the broadcast feel less hype. So hmm. I don't know. I don't know if you I, pick I, up on I, that yeah, at all, Mark, or anything. I agree with that. Yeah. It doesn't have the I, same I, feel. I sit in the analyst desk with my earpiece like half in, half out, so I can hear the casters, but it's not like loud. So, yeah. 
no idea what it feels like. Well, either way, I think I think that's a huge thing. They need to start figuring out how to, to do stuff with the audience. If they're not going to sell tickets, they need to figure out ways to actually get people in. Um, anyway, Con, anything you want to say as we say move on to the next caller? Oh, just I hope TL does well and they fix their stuff. I think they're getting a bit too focused right now on trying to be widespread. Where we, you know, I think it's better just to focus on what you're good at. Look at FPX Last Worlds. Uh, but also, I did want to say I hope the the holograph graphics sweatshirts are coming back out, Steve. Because I worked that Friday when they came out. I didn't get to buy one. I I, I hope they come back out. I saw Fastby saying they might come out in different colors, but I'm looking forward to that. All right. Well, hit me up after. I'll send you one. Hey, now nice. you're going to get a million people pretending to be Khan in your DMs. Thanks, Khan. <laughs> have a good one. I'll message you, Khan, so you have it. <laughs> Steve, Steve Vigor got the, the plan. Closing my DMs real yeah. quick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, I'll message you. You you don't message me. All right. Uh, <laughs> Mark, you want to go grab the next caller? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ladder Slider, thank you for the nine months. Uh, Pendeltration, Aerohydrus, Nuko, uh, HRU for 29 months. Holy moly. Pluto 7443 for 22. TL is Panda, Jack Iope, it's Kyler, uh, Bizarro Gaming, Zephyr Glue Cinnamon, it's Kyler, gifted a sub to OPTSM fan. And our next person is here. Uh, Cheese People, Cheese People, where are you calling from? Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. What do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is that Dignitas is the most likely team to have the next major fan following before 100T uh, T and FlyQuest. So who, who do you think have the major fan followings right now? I can answer this one for sure, too. <laughs> C9, Team Liquid, and then for sure TSM. Okay, so Just those, are the, the, those are the big three right now for fans. Mm -hmm. Guess number four. A CLG over the longevity of League, but over... <clears throat> Guess again. Uh... 100 100 T? Yeah, you got it. I think I think 100 T is from some something I saw was the fourth biggest fan base. Yeah. Oh. Now CLG uh, Go ahead. Is all in. Uh anyway, so you th you think Dig and you think Dig will uh, presumably it sounds like you think Dig will pass 100 T. Yes, I do. Okay. I just don't know about the owl thing. Uh that's kind of weird, but Well, let, let him let him sell us yeah, on yeah, it before we people tell. go for it. So the reason I think it is because uh, the team of um, Dignitas has Aframu, uh, Frog, and Anhuni, and I think people uh, in general, this is just my opinion, care more about uh, the players and less, uh, less as much about the brand. Uh, like people who are TSM fans usually are huge Bjergsen fans. Team Liquid fans are huge Double of fans. And I think Dignitas has three key players for people to really get behind that have a history in the league. I also think that uh, people want to watch the new talent that Johnson has. Uh, I think he's really starting to show himself in the league. And then also I think that uh, that their academy, even though a lot of people get mad about how there are a lot of people that played in the LCS before, I think they're fun to watch and people at least tune in just to watch them uh, smurf on people. And so uh, I think all those three things combined it, uh, adds up to people um, having a huge interest into the team. Steve is an owner of an LCS team. Do you think Dig is on the rise and will become number four ahead of Hunter T? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I would love for that to be case, be the case. I think that a hundred thieves has done an incredible job of creating content and 
doubling down on facilities and production teams and social media folks and they have created a distinctive brand and an identity i think uh flyquest actually has done something really interesting this split they created an identity and they're proud of it and they're creating content around it and i think that's awesome uh i think there's too many teams that fledgle they have this like fledgling brand that doesn't have as strong of an identity and they don't create enough content and so it's hard to become a fan of the team instead of a certain player which is definitely you know per the the caller caller's comment like that that is definitely the case like a lot of folks are fans of players and and maybe fans of teams but i think teams have a responsibility to kind of recognize some of the loyalty that's being expressed by by um you know by our fans and if if they're not listening and they're not uh conversing back and forth then they've kind of failed at creating a community so uh, there's some teams that do well at that and some some that don't and um you know uh, some pl players may come and go uh but you know you still have to have kind of a brand identity you have to be creating content and I, I, maybe i've missed it maybe i haven't seen some of the stuff that's come out from from dignitas lately but i, I haven't seen too much content um, I agree with you. I think that Dignitas is kind of bad at putting out content. I haven't seen a lot from them. But uh, I think for people that aren't like around the area where LCS is and around where these big facilities are, uh, like the friends I've talked to, that we don't see these big uh, places where these LCS players play. So we care more about the players and their story, uh, for, at least in my area. And so uh, I do agree that Dignitas does need to improve their social media as aspects so people will know more about them. But I think, like, if TSM ever left, I mean, if Bjergsen ever left TSM, I think you would see a huge drop off in fans in TSM. And I think if Doublelift and maybe uh, even Jensen left Team Liquid, you'd see a huge drop off in fans in that uh, fan base just because they'd follow those two players. And so I think the Huni and Froggen and Afrimu fans will just gather to Dignitas because they're all three there and want them to see them do well, even if it's just for a short amount of time. But that's less of a, like, this is kind of maybe a bigger topic that might be. Too much to try to tackle on this one call, but I it I almost kind of worry when you mention that teams will grow their brands because of the players that are on them. Because if you don't, it's like players offer you. This is my opinion, at least. Players offer a team an opportunity to build a brand, right? It's like the players can bring the eyeballs to your team, but then the team needs to be able to activate on those eyeballs to keep them around. Um, and I think. I mean, we talked about 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves, I think, did a really good job where last year they were a really unsuccessful team and yet still had a ton of support because they were able to leverage the success they had in the first year alongside smart branding decisions to keep people around and interested and invested in the team. And so I don't actually... I think it's a separate thing. I, I kind of disagree with your take, Cheese People, that like a team can, can grow their brand inherently just because players are there. Like... There might be a lot of fans of Dignitas this year, but I don't think that that puts Dig in a good position to create a great big brand for themselves and, and create a lot of popularity around the team unless they set themselves up to activate on that. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, use, I'll, I'll use an example. Uh, sorry to interrupt, uh, Mark. You're good. So think about Team Liquid back in 2017. We didn't have Doublelift on the roster. We were in promotion relegation back to back. 
You had 15 players on the roster. Yeah, we did. We were like rotating, <laughs> revolving door players. And what were we on Reddit every single day? Pretty much. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. were people watching Breaking Point and uh, some of the content that we had on YouTube? Yeah, they were. You know, and they we were producing content, even though we were not doing well and we didn't have these star signings on the team. So, you know, it, it is about making sure that you are transparent about what's going on and creating content and talking about it and not just operating behind closed doors. Like, um, I, I, I think our fans appreciate that transparency. See, uh, so all, all I was going to say was, I think the caller did make a lot of very, very good points that I ultimately agree with in theory. Um, I'm just not sure I actually know if Dignitas is that team. Um, they're now three and three. Um, and their play style isn't like radically fun and awesome, bro. You know, because I think sometimes yeah. you can be like, um, you know, like a, a mid-tier team maybe. And if you are super crazy and all your games are explosive and wild, um, you know, even like a Vitality, they did make worlds. But like, you know, just a team that is, is willing to fight and scrap and be crazy all the time. But if, if you know, Dig isn't quite like that. Maybe Hooney's the only one on that team who's kind of crazy. But Froggen, Grig, Johnson, and Afro are not crazy players. So like, if they don't keep winning and start winning more, I think you will actually not see them win enough to make your points true. But I do ultimately agree, and somewhat to Travis's point, where like, if you're the best team in the league and kind of boring, and you win four championships in a row, Steve has done a great job of, of putting out a ton of content. But they would still probably be one of the most popular teams in the league just on the basis of we've won four in a row. <laughs> uh, if you are able to win at that level, the fans will come, even if you are lazy, probably with your content. Um, so it's not like either one of these things is the truth. Like both are true. Hundred Thieves was able to do it while not winning a ton. Some team could probably, if they were the most dominant team, like SKT does try. Uh, but for Western fans, I don't think a lot of their content translated that well. Um, but everyone is like SKT, woo! Because Faker's the greatest player of all time, and you do see him a lot. Riot content, at least. Maybe not the best example, but. Um, I do think Dig is not quite successful enough that with their lack of content, they will take over a team like 100 Thieves. Steve, just as a quick tangent before we move on to the next caller, you mentioned mm-hmm. FlyQuest. I'm kind of curious because we, I think we've had a discussion a couple times on the show about FlyQuest and Evil Geniuses who are kind of embracing like themes for their teams in a way that others have not. Um, like even even to the extent like, like it's it's fascinating to me because you are super correct that TL managed to stay relevant even when you guys sucked. And similar with CLG, <laughs> like I remember back in the day, and I'm sure a lot of this was Peter, but like they had a lot of of content and initiatives and fan stuff. Um, and so even you know they were getting on the verge of relegation, just like TL at times, and you know everybody wanted to talk about it. And uh, Mark. A uh, totally separate topic that's something that's popped in my head that I really want to talk about once you, you finish. Okay. You did like this thing? Yeah, that's usually like that. That makes talk. it seem like yeah. you want to interrupt me. You're on the analyst desk, okay? How do you. Anyway, so, but uh, I think what is. But e- even beyond. So, like, obviously, TL and CLG in the past have been able to maintain just by doing content. This is the first time where I have seen a team, like, pick up, like, a branded theme that sort of transcends the win-loss stuff, right? Like, even with TL, like, it's not like you guys 
use like a water theme a lot or like you brought blue out which everybody they have loves. a horse now you have the horse yeah. but like yeah. it's not like you guys are are posting host uh, horse memes a, a ton on on twitter and all that stuff so i'm kind of curious do you think this is like overdone where like they're almost going too far into it do you think that this is a thing that other teams need to do are you guys considering this on your end is like embracing more of like a theme for the team i i'm just kind of curious yeah i mean i I think the theme may be a little gimmicky uh, at the core of it. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll tell a quick story. So I went to LCS last uh, season. It was one of the regular season games. I was in the parking lot and we we're doing the community event and that's where everybody is hanging out. And this young woman sees me and she is literally shaking. Like she sees me, I see her and she's like, starts shaking. Uh, and she's like, Oh my God, Steve, I can't believe I'm meeting you. This is amazing. And I'm like, Oh, it's so sweet. Like, thank you. And I just like gave her this big hug. And then I was walking back into the studio and I just thought to myself, like, wow, I feel really bad right now. I can't believe that she's been a fan. She's been a fan for like six years and I don't even know who she is. I've never, I, I, you know, I've never recognized any of the loyalty. She told me she like bought all the merchandise. She was at all of our events. She follows all of our players. She watches all of our content and I've never reciprocated a thing. Like that sucks. Like why, why don't we do that? <laughs> and I don't think any team has been good at that. So for me at the core of it is like the relationship and reciprocation and, 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 and listening and having conversation and doing community events. And that's why, you know, we do discord viewing parties and our team liquid um, discord. And we are always huge at all the fan events and we host after parties during playoffs and because we just do a lot to interact, you know, and I think it's that I, I, I think it's just like caring, giving a shit. Um, yeah. Time for a loyalty program. You should have some kind of like, if you can show your jerseys from all the different years you get, I don't know. You get a special hangout with the team. I don't know. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the, the thing I was excited to ask about was this is, we're starting to get a little rambly, but um, yeah, just to we this and we'll move on to the next caller too. Cause. Yeah. So we were talking a lot about uh, scheduling and how it's getting a lot busier for pro players and like when can they stream now? Because they can't stream against Academy Rush, but they can stream before. But does anyone want to stream for like three hours, turn it off, turn it back on? Um, we talked about Monday being taken over. That's typically your off day, and now you can't stream against LCS on Mondays um, and all these different kind of things. And I felt like in the early days when it wasn't as structured, there was a lot more pro streaming, and I felt like a bunch of the teams became popular because of the fans as or the, the streams of the personal pros as well. So Cutie Pie, Sneaky, Doublelift, Bjergsen, all these guys became phenomenons because of that but i don't know who i would describe as a success story in the last even four years you know in the lcs who was be, became a great a pretty good or great player in the lcs and a streamer boy boy is another example of a guy who successful stream blew up also with with playing pro pros still get decent viewership but like I don't know how they're supposed to ever grow to the level that we used to see. And I feel like that does hurt the league and teams as well, because ultimately we're watching for the pros. It's a pro driven league more so than anything else. And I feel like they are further away for that reason. And I don't know if any of that stuff 
like resonates with you and if that's a concern for the the owners at all yeah um i definitely hear your point i agree with it actually i think when players don't have as much time to stream they're not creating content and creating like a captive audience i think time will tell maybe it'll be some pro players that are currently top tier streamers like you've got um uh uh tarzan right and tf blade and a couple other ones that are like definitely competitive worthy but they just create a lot of content you know maybe they go and they play an lcs one day um so but I, but i do agree you know the, the the schedules are incredibly demanding from the players you know they just have no time i'm, I'm surprised that you know peter even finds the time to stream <laughs> with how much yeah. he's scrimming and competing and training and meetings and what have you so it's, it's just impressive but yeah 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 i mean it's i'm just like i'm trying to think of like who's the last big streamer from na because i know some people are talking about other people you know, like, does anyone break 5K of pros in the last five years consistently? People have been talking about Bunny streaming on YouTube. Uh, yeah, but, that, but that's not recent. That Bunny stopped playing in, by 2016, yeah. so it's almost five years. And he, he quit to become a content creator more so than, like, he was really big. Hey, uh, Cheese People, anything you want to say before we say goodbye? I know we, we've deviated from your call quite a bit. Oh, no, it's fine. Uh, shout out Alienware, and uh, just thank you guys for taking time to listen to my take. Thank you so much yeah, for calling call in. Him. No problem. Uh, Steve, I hope whenever... I know they know, but I hope whenever you talk to Alienware, you go, wow, it's so impressive. Hotline League, just all the callers, thank you guys. Uh, that investment with Travis was really good. Um, all right, yeah. uh, Mark, you want to go <laughs> the next caller? I'm arguing with Twitch chat right now. They're like, Sneaky's above 5K. I'm like, fucking Sneaky. It's been streaming since season three. I said the last five years. You know what year it is? It was 2020. Hey, Choster was a pretty big deal for a while, Mark. Oh, he left. Um, Kelby Maze Giggle, thank you for the nine months. Great Twitch name. Uh, Irish Pigs, thanks for the Prime. Shayok, thank you for the Prime. Calendar Guy, 523. One whole year, thank you. Namis Mo, uh, Ollie One, Odd One Villain. Uh, Rico, Suave, and Sasio, thank you for the bits. And Fun Slayer won, as well as the Quelchinator. We're all cut up on subs. So, thank you for that. Steve, how involved are you with some of the... Like, it's so funny because the whole audience here knows you for League, but I don't know how involved you get on the day-to-day with some of the other games that you guys are involved with. Yeah, uh, deeply involved. Um, so, Victor and I run Team Liquid, and we split... Uh, the teams down the middle. We have 17 different games that we compete in. Holy crap. Um, it's a lot. Uh, actually, uh, ES Charts just ran a report. Team Liquid was the most watched team in esports in the world uh, for 2019, just because we were in so many different games Counter Strike, Dota, PUBG, like uh, almost all of them except for Call of Duty and Overwatch. And uh, yeah, it's 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 fun. Um, our PUBG team just uh, won the qualifiers for GLL um, uh, yesterday, which was awesome. Freaking love PUBG. Uh, it's my probably second favorite esport. Um, we have uh, some TFT stuff, and I know that that's probably gonna. They're gonna be some TFT esports events and more um, organized play, which is super exciting. Uh, if that ends up being a thing. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm super involved and, um, 
every new player that comes onto the TL, TL organization talks to either Victor or I. Nice. Well, here, hey, uh, Full Metal Three. Oh, I guess it's Elite, right? Full Metal Elite is that? Oh, three three seven, please. Okay, but you have an L and then a three three seven at the end. Can you understand why it was? Yeah, I mean, I was like, I've had this name since I was thirteen, but so it's it's Full Metal Elite. I chose the three three seven because it's Elite, but I was like thirteen when I did that, so. I, everyone usually calls me 337, so I've just gotten used to it for like 10 years. So, Hey, Full Metal Elite, where are you calling from? Hey, yeah, I'm calling from Denmark right now, actually. Denmark? Oh, shit. You have are a you different Danish? Accent. You don't sound Danish. No, yeah. I'm, I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Pretty hyped for the <laughs> finals to be in uh, you know Texas for once. Nice. But yeah, but I, I just live in Denmark right now. What time is it there? For the past two years. I can't hmm? discover. What time is it there? 4 a.m.? Uh, 6.46 a.m. Okay, why are you awake? Oh, well, I really wanted to call in for once. I've been watching the past. I've probably seen the last, like, at least 50 episodes on YouTube, you know? And I just wanted to call in for once. And Jesus. I'm on vacation, so I can stay up late. Well, I'm and, glad you yeah. got picked, because I feel really bad that you stayed up till this time. Let's let's get into this so you can go to sleep. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so I believe the 100 Thieves have the second best chance to win the Spring Split after C9. And obviously, everyone's like, C9 is the favorite right now. But I think 100 Thieves are the second best shot. Oh wow! Okay, is Papa Smithy's in the chat. Did he, did he set you up to this? Okay, so why why do you think Hundred Thieves? And actually, I need to look up what is their record right now, Mark. Do you know? Uh, I think they're three and three. Yeah, that was my thought too. So they're kind of like middle of the packish. I mean, they're they're fifty fifty. Why why do you think that they're second best? Well, I respect what Steve said about he's the, as the owner. He's going to see the players or the practicing. He doesn't see any complacency from them but i just don't think that that's that's true and i think that the players on her thieves are like way more hungry and just like you know desperate to prove that they're good players right now so like starting about, with someday yeah sorry you go you go yeah so starting with someday you know hundred thieves had like a the debacle last year where they lost medios i think to like a miscommunication then the whole thing with like cody's son and then they kicked him for a car and then just like huge train wreck but they acknowledged that they had like issues in their management, you know, looked for like a GM to come in and like new blood to fix it, got Papa Smithy. And then he's recognized like, yeah, when we had like Medios and Cody Sun, we were actually really good. And then they managed to like, you know, with Medios being a native jungle, you can use Someday again. Right. And with Someday, like he had to go back to Academy. Well, not back to Academy, but he had to go down to Academy. And I think that's like, it's so crazy, right? Like this, like the superstar. Like when you saw KT Rollster, just like... Sure, sure. So he ends up on Academy. Yeah, but I, I need to hear yeah. from you why they're going to get second place. I think someday he's like elite <laughs> top laner. And any day he can be the best top laner in LCS. Medios, I think it's the same thing. Cody Sun, I think he's like the closest AD carry right now to double lift. Vakara and Stunts, they don't have like the same pedigree for me. And I'm not sure about them from a Tom perspective, but I think that Stunt, he's like really good mechanically. Like we saw last weekend, he had that like hook. really good like blind hook. Yeah. Just like this, because he like it was so long since he like didn't see him and he had to calculate like the movement in the fog and to go for that. And you know, so he's really good mechanically. He's had a couple of shots at different teams. I mean, he was even on Team Liquid Academy at one point. So I think Steve knows he's you know got the stuff. But um, Rakar is definitely the question mark. But I think uh, that's... yes, you mean Ryoma, right? Oh, oh yeah, Ryoma. Yeah, 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 no worries, no worries. Yeah. Um, he's definitely the question mark for me, but I think that he has, 
you know, it's like potential to improve. But the reason I think that he can improve is because I think Medios has always had issues with like synergy with his mid laner. Like I think back to like, uh, I think it was season six when he was on C9, when he went to Worlds with Jensen, like there's all this stuff like Jensen really wants to play through lane and be like, you know, Medios, I need you to be here. I need you to do this. You have to play for the lane like all the time. And he was like, but I need to do these, all this other it stuff. Sounds like you think he's just got what he needs now. Yeah. Like Ryoma should be like, you know, a mechanical player, right? Like they've seen, they've, they picked him up because of his like potential for mechanics and like his like you know scrim god, you know meme is like a, you know kind of like a what going to lose for a while like always oh, really good in scrims but like right now his performance isn't transient on stage, but I think that Medios and like someday these veteran players with like you know a huge pedigree, can you know like someday send the interview too he's like training him up like a teaching him the ways like raising him as a baby sure and they're gonna like really mold yeah him out so of, let me yeah. let me toss this over to Mark. Really, I wanted to give it to Steve and get well, I know, his. I want to get you reaction. first, and then and no, then I'm I'll... sure Steve has a better has a better reaction. Steve, you think Hundred Thieves is the second best team in the league, or will be? I mean, I I, I appreciate that he's a Hundred Thieves fan, but he needs to get some sleep. He's been up way too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't... Care, careful, Steve. It's a it's a tough night for you to come in really cocky. What about what about TSM? I mean, valid points. You know, Medios is a fantastic jungler. You know that he's like a rock solid. He he'll, he'll play well. He he's he's great. He's thoughtful. He's on the right side of the map. He's, he's just a good player. Um, uh, I don't know much about their mid laner, um, so I, I I don't know. Uh, some days, you know, he's a beast. So these are all true things, but you know, it's it's not the individual parts; it's the sum, and it's how they function. And so, uh, I I'd have to go back and watch their games and stuff. But I I, I don't see it. But maybe I'm missing something. That's I think my... I think Hundred Thieves is better than I thought they were going to be. Uh, uh, someday looks almost as good as he's ever looked in North America. Ryoma is performing overall better, even if his stats aren't great still, and I don't think he's one of the best in the league. He is, uh, eyeball-wise, not like terrible, like I was concerned. Uh, but I will still say there's no fucking way this team wins if C9 doesn't, and they're the second team. If C if C9 doesn't win and 100 Thieves does, I like give me, give me any bet in the world, and you got it. Okay, Mark. I don't, I don't know how like it's, it's C9 or the field. <laughs> There's no fucking way I'm taking you know, hundred thieves on this take. Right, but so obviously you'd have like TL, TSM, and maybe Dignitas right above hundred thieves, right? Like, give those me are the fly quest too. Sure, yeah, no, give me fly. I'll take fly over him. Right. So the reason why I think hundred thieves has a better chance than TSM is because when TSM has been successful, it's been through huge mid-difference through Bjergsen, through the entire rest of the league. And also when they were in the championships, they had double lifts. Hunter, when he was like, or honestly, like, when Arrow won the MVP, Hunter should have had MVP like that year, in my opinion. Like, he was also like... What about what about when they made finals last split and almost beat Team Liquid in five games, playing mostly through top side of the map and Broken Blade? Uh, Zix was their Vladimir. coach that, when they did that, right? When they had that run... Zix was their coach then, right? Sure, yeah. And he's on Hunter Thieves now, so. Oh, okay. That was that was the, the last bullet in the chamber right there. The 
the Zix coming out of nowhere card. Okay. And TL still has Kane. Why why is that suddenly Zix lost to Kane in spring then? And now Kane's still on TL. For TL, I just don't think they had motivation. Like these players, everyone knows they're good. Everyone knows they're 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 solid. Their legacies are set. For double lift, I mean, he says it all the time. Like for him, like winning domestic titles isn't what's important. It's performing internationally at worlds and Spring split literally means besides going to go to MSI and get some international competition, it doesn't have any world's implications anymore. And as hard as he's gonna like, you know, I'm not saying he's gonna like take it off on purpose because it's not important to him, but subconsciously, after four straight championships, I just don't think they're gonna have the same fire as the other players in the league. Like like C9, who are also really hungry to prove so that they're good and also to win a championship. I just worry and for also you, Full Metal, because I like I've noticed there's a trend on. And by the way, I'm, I'm really happy you called in. I, I don't want to be dismissive. And I think this is a good, it's a fun conversation, right? Like I, one of the reasons I love the show is because the dive is never going to be like, is it cloud nine or hundred T in the finals, right? But uh, my concern for oh, you wait, is I feel like they're just hungry and they've got more motivation is like kind of the crutch that I hear a lot of hotline league callers call in whenever they run out of other options on what to say. Like, uh, like I yes I think I understand what you're saying with TL where you could make the argument of like well they've done this before are they going to be as hungry uh, to to win finals I'm sure Steve is still hungry but I think then you get to these other teams right where it's like TSM also really hungry do you think Bjergsen's unha been happy that he hasn't made it to Worlds in two years like everybody's hungry they're all starving players in the LCS uh, except for they make a lot of money so they're not I don't starving. think. For TSM, for TSM, I don't think the management provides the right environment for the players to like perform at the like best capacity. Like I think when they're winning, the man like the player, the roster they had was so OP with Hanser, Svenskeren, Bjergsen is prime with huge mid difference on everyone, double lift and Biofrost. Like that was just an OP roster and all the like you know faults in the management and everything that they had behind the scenes. You know the people like have rumors about it. Ever obviously I didn't see you know anything myself, but like. It just it just didn't matter because they're just so good players. This is like here's, like here's, you you I I fear my worry is that you lean on a lot of like sort of citation needed things. Like I, I don't I'm not actually saying this. I know he's in the chat right now, but like you could I, I feel like somebody in your making the arguments you are making, if they wanted to discredit Hunter T, they could say, Well, I think, you know, like it's Papa Smithy's first split as a GM and he he has the casting experience, but there's no proof yet that he can manage a team and make it to the finals. Right, like there's always like some sort of amorphous. Yeah. There's a negative take that you can always yeah, yeah. find, and I worry that that's kind of what we go with, where it's like, oh, TL's not hungry enough, and TSM doesn't have like the management support. And what about what about this? If if Hundred Thieves is in the finals, Steve and I will pay for your trip. There you go, done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll go have these together to pay for your trip to see Hundred Thieves fight for that. You, re you realize he's in Denmark. Uh, this is going to be an expensive... Oh, he's on vacation, though. He'll be back by... You'll be back, No, right? no, no, no. I've been living in Denmark for two years. I'm on oh, vacation. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, it's a, I mean, the probability of this going through... I'm not paying it anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Steve, you got, you got a lot of money, right? So it shouldn't be an issue. Come on. Let's, uh, let's back away from this. Uh... You're so sure. You're so sure. You're not even... Forget 100 Thieves. You're so sure you're going to be better than, like, you know... C9, right? That's what you said, so... I mean, I, little, I literally have zero upside on this bet. Yeah, if we're wrong, we pay. If we're right, 
We get nothing. Well, <laughs> no one if, remembers if this we're call. Right, then we're we are smarter than this random guy that called into Hotline League. <laughs> Look at us. Experts These are the arguments I live industry. for. Yeah. Steve, you said you were so sure you're gonna be better than C9. You were like 100% sure. Like, put your money where your mouth is, Steve. Come on. Well, Full Metal, <laughs> very. He's he's very worried. He's lost this free trip back to his home state of Texas for finals. Uh, honestly, I've 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 been a pretty big Medios fanboy for like you know past five years. I've always wanted a chance to meet Medios, so it would actually mean a lot to me. Uh, yeah. Let's let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to the next caller quickly before my two my guest and my co-host here uh, commit to things that they shouldn't. Anyway, Full Metal, thank you so much. Anything you want to say before we move on to our, our one of our last two callers? Yeah, I really wish that we could like buy those action figures like that they make for the player of the week. I think they're really awesome, and I don't like. Re- I have a lot of money to spend on them, like merch and stuff, but I'm not really into apparel. But I would totally spend money on those figures, even if they cost the, the like the Mastercard you know, ones. Yeah, totally. you know they're not cool figures. Idea. They're like printed. They're like three D printed. Things. Yeah, I mean he's he means figurine, right? Mm-hmm. Just you want to mm-hmm. have something you can put on a book shelf or something look cool. Yeah, like you know, Mark, you're kind of a weeb, right? You just like the anime figurine like culture stuff. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I agree. I think it'd be cool if you could buy something like that. Yeah, I even ordered like an Akali figure like recently from the right merch store. Like they have a bunch of ones for champions. So yeah, I'm totally into that stuff. So. Thanks so much, Full Metal, for the call. Yeah. yeah. Love you guys. See you. Later. Yeah. I'll also, see if I can bring it up. By the way, for staying up so late. Uh, we got two more callers. Uh, we need to get through these a little bit because it's coming up on 10 o'clock. Yeah, man. Uh, let's see. Seeing if anybody else has subbed. No, no one has subbed in 21 minutes. So I don't have to shout anyone. Casey Clark is here. Casey, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Oh, shit, my hometown. Uh, Wait, whose hometown is it? It's mine, Steve's. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I I grew up in Leesburg, Virginia, and then um, went to JMU, and then I moved to uh, Arlington, and then D.C. So, yeah, old stomping grounds. Nice, well, I'm from California, but at American University for school. Nice. Nice. What do you want to talk about on the show, Casey? Uh, so I come from a running background, and I would like to talk about periodicity and training and how that relates to League of Legends and potentially where TL is or isn't right now. Okay, so you're um, going to solve TL's problems with your running background, that's what I'm hearing. No, well, but uh, I have some ideas. Okay, all right, I'm ready. Uh, so go ahead, explain. <laughs> so, so very basically, um, for like competitive endeavors you make a training plan right um so like with running i back end my base training in the off season and then just tune that over the course of a couple months and then i have the final race which i guess is similar to finals which for tl we're assuming they're making it there um so i'm assuming for league of legends it's something like in the off season you train your mechanics and, and champion picks and whatnot and then early on, you build team cohesion, and then you're practicing uh, your plays, working out any kinks, and accelerating towards a the finals and increasing your inte- intensity. So I wanted to ask Steve where he thinks TL is right now on that kind of path. Yeah, I, I would say right now we're testing a lot of different types of play styles and we've decided not to settle into 
something that we're comfortable with. And I think that's by design so that if the meta dictates that we need to have different types of play styles in order to perform well, that we'll have some experience on it. And so I think we're not like in our stride. We're still kind of in the, you know, just trying some different things right now um, rather than, you know, honing in. Uh, yeah. Does that answer your question, Casey? Yeah, um, that makes sense. Do you think that... Uh, just does the team intensify training closer to the, like intensify the amount of practice towards the end of the season or is that not really a thing? No, 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 we do. Uh, so what ends up happening is we, right now we just do double blocks. Um, we'll move to triple blocks, uh, which is pretty intense. You know, it's just more scrims. And you're talking about the blocks um, of scrims where so you play X number of games within a block. And so instead of playing two blocks of scrims, you're going to go to three because a lot of people don't know what double and triple blocking is. Yep. So, yep, exactly. So it's just like a whole, um, you know, 50% more practice every single day. And then on top of that, you've got all the standard meetings. So, and, and, and that's just part of it, but there's also just an increased intensity and a focus and higher quality scrims and uh, you're getting more out of it. And so that's good too. Do people uh, still swap over to like best of fives once they get into playoffs too, or is it mostly just adding another block? Because I remember that was another way that it was upped was you'd still do two blocks, but they would generally be longer in, a, in a, like a fake best of five format. Yeah, we do. Yep. Getting closer to playoffs for sure. Um, usually there's like a consensus across the teams or most of the teams on what kind of format we're going to do. And then we just do it, you know, set number of games or just play as many as you can in a certain block of time. So following the format is always good and we've run it like we would on stage you know we have the coaches behind we time it we um you know just try to kind of reenact the same kind of settings and timing that would be on stage just so they get a feel for it cool you see any other follow-ups uh no i think that i think that about sums it up um basically don't panic tl fans did you, by the way, Casey, did you make a Reddit thread? Because Jack and some of the other folks in the chat were talking about a Reddit thread that was kind of in line with what you were talking about. Uh, on the TL Reddit? Yeah, that was, I posted something like that when I saw a bunch of people baby raging after week one. Nice. <laughs> I like, I, I thought that Jack might have seen it on the main League of Legends subreddit, but what I've just learned is that Jack visits the Team Liquid subreddit. <laughs> Especially after Team Liquid loses. Uh, that's what I'm realizing as he goes and Looks at it. Either way, Casey, anything you want, you anything you want to just uh, say before we move on to the next call? Yeah, uh, just very quickly. Uh, thank you, Steve. You're an inspiration. Uh, I try to when I when I have difficult decisions in life, I think to myself, what would Steve do? <laughs> That's very uh, sweet. Spend Thanks, a lot man. of money to acquire an international. <laughs> Throw money at it. Did I solve it? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Casey's like, Thank you. and that's why, <laughs> that's why I have a lot of uh, very well-paid people from other countries who help me do my homework and solve my problems for me. Casey, thanks for the call. Yeah, I failed the bar, so I was like, I'll throw my <laughs> <laughs> one final caller. Let's go. Chat now spamming WWSD. What would Steve do? I guess is I love do. that. Yeah. That's a thing. I like that. What would Steve do? Yeah. Huh. 
Every every time you should do your own show, and every time you're like, "Well, how much money do you have?" and you just give <laughs> yeah, just solutions based off the budget. See, it's like I think <laughs> yeah. my girlfriend is cheating on me. Okay, here's what you're gonna do. First off, how much money do you have? Because you can buy a private investigator. <laughs> you can. <laughs> money is an essential ingredient. Dylan, it is. Dylan, where are you? Uh, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? Uh, Edmonton, Canada. Canada. What do you want to talk about on the show? I want to talk about how I think teams like CLG and Golden Guardians are going to elevate us as a region. CLG and Golden Guardians. All right. This is... So it's funny. Earlier in the chat, somebody said, man, this show has just evolved into people calling in with hot takes to get on the show. Then we had a caller who was... Uh, calling in and, and saying like, oh yeah, well, I'm a, like a trainer and I'm curious how they train. And then somebody in the chat was like, I, I come here for the hot takes. So I'm glad that we're back to the hottest take of all night, which is that CLG and Golden Guardians will raise the bar for North America. I'm here to convince you that's not hot. Okay. Explain me. So first of all, I think, I think the most important thing to a great team is win streaks and building confidence. And I hear a lot of talk from the teams in NA about reaching peak performance or experimenting. And I think that doesn't really matter at all. Like experimenting with other champions, I think what NA needs is wins. If you look at FPX, G2, SKT, they come off crushing domestically. And you can even look at series like G2, SKT, where you, I mean, you can say maybe macro, but G2's confidence carried them through that series. Uh, I see where this is going. Like, just straight confidence. Uh. <laughs> I think when NA goes internationally historically, we're literally already defeated. Or one game from Tilted. Like, one loss, and Reddit and Twitch chat is packing it in for next year. What trades can we make? So, teams like CLG and Golden Guardians are the bottom feeders we've been looking for. Alright? <laughs> You look at EU, what do they have? Their bottom feeders, I mean... Oh, XL last season? I mean, Rogue came back a bit, but they have some very low teams that just Shulk, build Shulk, confidence. Shulk and Vitality, I think, are both 0-6, yeah. right? Yeah. These regions have teams that you can experiment against, but most importantly, you can beat. And you're not worried about it, and then you can string some wins together and build your confidence. You could even look at uh, TSM second week beating CLG. CLG sucked. I don't even think TSM played that well, but you can't deny the confidence that gave them going into Dignity. That's, that's why they're on a four-game win streak, right? Yeah, it's just confidence. It's not, it's not that they actually improved that much. It's that they believe in themselves and they're not playing scared anymore. Steve, do you think the problem that you guys ran into at Worlds was that you didn't 3-0 finals and you only 3-2'd? I mean, I think confidence is an essential ingredient in performance. That is a point that I'm hearing and I'm taking and I'm agreeing with, but it doesn't come without other things like skill, team play. You, 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 you just have to have those other things. It's not a one ingredient key to success. Um, I mean, like, I don't look confidence. Confidence can also be like just being delusional to some degree, right? Like you have a high (laughs) level of confidence and and just, you know, run into battle and just like get smashed. And so, you know, they can also just be like 
self-induced disappointments. You know, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it, I, I understand the point, but you've got to have some skill to back D- it up. And I, I just I mean, Dylan, Dylan, a uh, theoretical question. Okay. So if Golden yeah. Guardians and CLG are here to build up confidence by just losing games, theoretical oh, situation, yeah. let's say a team known to be top of the league loses in dramatic fashion to Golden Guardians. Just a random theory, hypothetical situation, <laughs> you know, just throwing it out there. What do you They're think that, that's, that would be bad, right? What would happen if that, like this team that you're supposed Is to that beat team to build confidence, now? they end up beating you? Okay, hypothetically, I don't think this team is doomed, but I think they've set themselves back a spring split in their confidence level. Okay. At this point. All right. And what if Brock comes Steve's in and point. slaps kids? Is, what is what the, if then theoretically that team that gets their imported jungle finally, you know, what what happens in that situation? He said it's, it's too late. It's too it's late. It's too late. Check Jensen's Twitter. It's just too late. Okay. Well, <laughs> Oh my god. But when what Steve's talking to, obviously there are other things, but when I look at like last year NA sending C9 and Team Liquid, those are world-class teams with world-class players and they have the other things. They just don't have any confidence. Yikes. I, can- I don't know if it's scrims breaking them down or So I can speak to this a little bit that scrims against other world-class teams probably sometimes might do more harm than good yeah that's i think it's i think it's worth i I think it's worth taking the risk because these teams will show you the holes that you might not find otherwise in your gameplay but sometimes you also just get smashed for a week going into worlds and people freak out um so we should scrim oceana I'm not. I'm not trying to extrapolate. I'm just saying some stories I heard. I heard Nissi is in chat. Maybe you can tell me. C9 scrims did not go particularly well at Worlds, um, and I heard that might have had some decision making influence on uh, jungle starting and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so it's it's you know it's true sometimes maybe, uh, but I, I do. To C's point, you usually get confidence as well if you're actually good, and then you go out and beat the shit out of them in scrims or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Hey, uh, I just think we need some more TYs to CLG in the chat when they start throwing games. Yeah. Dylan, thank you for the call. <laughs> Anything you want to say as we move on to the end of the show? No, that's it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for the call. Thanks, Dylan. Um... Mark, you'll have to move him out of the call because my Discord is uh, not letting me click his name for some reason. I'll ban him. Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> I, did, I didn't ban him. <laughs> he left on his own. The timing was notable. <laughs> it was yeah. All right. Uh, that that wraps up the show. I'm gonna stick around on stream for just a little bit. Show some uh, early access interviews from this week. Uh, Mark, anything you want to shout out? Plug here at the end of the show. Uh, no, I'll be doing the Superior podcast tomorrow. Uh, the Dive, recording that at 10 a.m. Uh, or I have to be there at 10 a.m. Uh, other than that, not much more going on. That's that's it? You, you said you didn't I mean, have anything I, that happened last week. You don't have anything that's going to happen this week. No, but I am, I am maybe starting to work on something. Um... That you guys might see at some point, and then I'll be like, "I did that, or I helped with that." I should say. 
Well, it's good to hear that you might do something of consequence soon. I'm excited to hear. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. <laughs> you, you never do. Steve, uh, what, <laughs> Steve anything you want to say uh, at the end? And by the way, thank you for coming on. It's really, it's really been great having you on. I'm sorry oh, it had to be tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was definitely rough. I was like, oh, man, I'm racing to get back because of all these team meetings. But, uh, no, thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's fun. Uh, long time coming. Uh, it was a lot of fun the, f the first time we did this. What was it last season? First episode, something yeah. like that. Um, and shout out to Alienware. Love you, Alienware. And uh, thanks for making this happen, the show. It's awesome content. And thanks for supporting Travis and sometimes Mark. Yeah, sometimes Mark indeed. Uh, Sometimes for everyone else, uh, I've got interviews coming out this week, and it's been a quiet time for the season. But I got some stuff working on that I'm working on. Uh, headed out of town Jack, tomorrow for a couple days. But what? Jack just asked a good question that we probably should ask. Do you know when Brox is coming into uh, LA specifically? Yeah, totally. So Broxa. Uh, so just quick recap of the process. Um, he was approved after an. Uh, an intent to deny, uh, which is awesome. It got reversed. And then once we got that approval, he had to go in for his appointment. He, uh, that all went great. Uh, they take his passport and then they mail it back to him. And so he's supposed to get his passport on Wednesday in the mail. Uh, but, you know, give or take, you know, all that kind of stuff. So latest Thursday, and then he'll get on a flight immediately once he gets it in the mail and then he'll get here. That's so crazy that he has to just wait for this to show up in the mail. Like he's literally just waiting for a physical. It's like a fucking acceptance letter. It's 2020, for and this is the world we're living in, where it's like, did you, did you check the mail yet? Could you move to Los Angeles and begin saving this team Your job? for yourself? Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> what is this situation? Uh, uh, Jackson, that's getting lost in the mail. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, there's no anti TL fans that are going to be like yeah, C9 <laughs> harassing has a, somebody. Just you know, they're going to go club the mail person over the head or something like that as they're on their way. I don't know if this is giving away too much competitive stuff, but assuming Broxa does land Wednesday slash Thursday, you guys intend to use him next week? Yeah, the intent is to use him, but I think we're going to make that decision in the time that we're allocated. So. Yeah, there's some things to consider, like jet lag, how is he feeling, yada, yada. Playing against Smithy in his first game, the man he replaced and getting dominated and ruining his confidence. That's spicy. Spicy, yeah, spicy. I don't know <laughs> what's happening to Steve's webcam on on the show. That's, that's him wanting to leave, and he's pressing buttons. Yeah, so, something oh, very strange has happened. <laughs> I've that literally is... never seen this before in, in my life, but he's yeah, some interesting stuff is going on. That's probably a good sign. <laughs> he's teleporting. That's Jack. Uh, that's uh, that's Hotline League, everyone. Uh, thanks, thanks to Steve for coming on. Looking forward to seeing Brox's show soon. Uh, wow, you're having such a great time. That is <laughs> yeah, it's like very bizarre. Uh, and yeah. thanks, uh, thanks, Mark, as always, for being on the show. Thanks, everyone, for watching. This has been Hotline League, episode one hundred and nine.